Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is February 5th, 2015, and this is episode 1513 of the Survival Podcast, and I've got Nathan Love coming on from Frontier Tactical to talk about a new thing called the Warlock. The Warlock? What's that? Well, it's not a character from a Harry Potter novel. You'll have to wait to hear what it is, but it is really cool. Before I bring him on, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day, number one, J.M. Bullion. In this day and age where the plan for your dollar is for your dollar to be worth next year than it is this year, that is the plan. There is That is not conspiracy talk. If you talk to any member of the, the board of the Federal Reserve or the chairman uh, and say, what is the plan for the United States dollar? The plan is inflation. Now, not rampant, runaway inflation that should make you go hysterical and run out and turn all your dollars into silver and gold tomorrow morning. That is a fool's errand. But the plan is to make the money lose value. That is it. That's why prices go up. They don't, prices don't go up. The value of money goes down. In that world, I believe in what's known as an insurance policy for your wealth. I take something like silver and gold and I make it 5 to 10% of my net worth. I think you should too. And what I really mean is your net wealth. What is your net wealth? 5 to 10% of it held in physical metal makes a lot of sense. Check out uh, JM Bullion. That's where I get my gold and silver where you should too. Next up today, Jeff the Berkey Guy Gleason. What are you going to get from Jeff the Berkey Guy Gleason? Berkey water filtration system. Shocking, I know, but Jeff is an awesome dude. And uh, I'll tell you what, when it comes to buying a Berkey, Don't be the guy that buys from the non-Berkey Berkey guy. Get from the Berkey guy. He's the like one of the number one resellers in the world for Berkey uh, water systems. And that means he has great pricing. He has incredible service to go along with it. And if you get over to his website, directive21.com, he has a lot of other cool stuff for your prepping needs. Again, the website is directive21.com. He's an amazing guy, too, and he supported us now for about five years. That's a long time to support a podcast. Uh, he's an awesome guy and a good friend. And if there ever is a hiccup, one email to Jeff, and I promise you, It'll be taken care of. I can't say that for the non-Berkey guy when it comes to getting that awesome Berkey water system or the accessories and follow-up filters and stuff to go with it. He also has this thing, it's called the Black Berkey Primer. And if you've ever primed a Berkey filter, it's kind of a pain in the butt, especially depending on what kind of faucet you have. This makes it so simple and so easy, it's worth the extra few bucks. Next time you uh, get some filters for your Berkey or you go and get that Berkey for the first time, get that primer system with it. it it's just It's a godsend, honest, honestly, it really is. Next up today, I want to remind you guys real quick uh, that I've taken Nick Ferguson's plant propagation course, or those of you who are going to, the weekend of February 21st, so that's February 21 and 22, Nick and I will be doing right here from my home two two-hour teleconferences, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, answering your questions. This will only be for students of the plant propagation course. Anything and everything about plant propagation and running a nursery and anything and everything about marketing it. 
Uh, that's why we'll be doing that together. And the video and audio of that will be made available to all students, uh, present and future, uh, as part of the course itself. But it's only open to, to, uh, to students of the course. Uh, it's our commitment to going beyond what was promised with everything we do uh, with Perma Ethos. And that's, that's what we're doing with Nick's course. So if you want to know more about that, you can just go to the survivalpodcast.com, look at today's episode, and there'll be a link in today's show notes under the resources to learn more about the plant propagation course. Also, please do consider joining the Member Support Brigade. If you're not already a member, you help support the show at 18.3 cents an episode. You get discounts to stuff you're probably buying anyway. That's all I'll say about that today. Let's get into the, uh, the, the history segment. Today's 1513 episode, so it's 1513 year. We have the Prince of Mass Movements, Balboa and the South Sea, Florida Found, but no Fountain of Youth. I kind of want to read Florida Found But No Fountain of Youth because there is a place in Florida that claims to be the Fountain of Youth, and the actual history of Ponce de Leon says, uh-uh, not just it doesn't actually work, but uh-uh, it's not actually the way it worked out. But I'll let you read that for yourself. I'll tell you, I have been there. It's kind of a cool place, and I drank the water, and I got older the next day, so it didn't work. Uh, Balboa in the South Sea is cool, but I want to read the Prince of Mass Movements because you're going to hear a name here you've likely heard before, but many people don't really know who he is or what he did. Mercenary soldiers can be unreliable when the chips are down, so Niccolo Machiavelli has developed a successful citizen militia to defend Florence. His success will be short-lived, though. The warrior Pope Julius II has attacked Florence, backed by the reorganized Spanish forces of Naples and the Merdisi family, who have been out of power for several years and seriously want it back. Niccolo is naturally suspected of being disloyal to the, the Medicis, so he is strung up by his arms and tortured for three weeks. He finally convinces them that he's a good and loyal servant, and he's let go. Now he's resolved to ingratiate himself to this new leader by writing a book of political advice. It's going to take a while, but when he presents it to the prince, it will define the word uh, Machiavellianism. Uh, Machiavellian. Uh, my take by Alex Shrug. The book, The Prince, is definitely one of the great books. It is filled with ideas that make you question what you believe. That is not always pleasant, but if you want to understand how the world came to be as it is today, you must understand the thinking of the people who made it the way that it is in the first place. Niccolo Machiavelli is one of those people. For a modern equivalent, I suggest reading The True Believer, Thoughts on the Nature of Mass Movements by Eric Hoffer, And for teens who want to learn how fascism could get started in a civilized country, read The Wave by Todd Strasser under his pen name Morton Rue. These books may upset you because they unveil disturbing truth of human nature, and you will recognize some of these forces working within your own organization for good and for bad. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. It makes me think of something that I've often said. People would much rather hear a comforting lie than a disturbing truth. Um, and I think that a lot of the things that we talk about on TSP and things that we point out with, with, with media, etc., that elicit such angry reactions on social media platforms like Facebook are just that working itself out. People don't want to be told the truth if the truth doesn't line up with what they've always believed and based their entire life on. Because that means that they might be responsible for some of their own problems, and it also might mean that that which they've held to be sacred is invalid. There's so many instances of that in history. 
And some of them seem somewhat benign, and it makes me think of a little bit of a conversation Jose and I had on the blog today. And he said, is it really that big a deal? Is it, this is from the podcast yesterday about history. Do we really need to go back and, 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 and correct the, 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 the lies and omissions about somebody like General Washington? I mean, the guy did win the American Revolution, did give us a country, did serve as our first president, kind of is our father. Well, first of all, he's not our first president, by the way, just saying. But our first president under the Constitution, yeah, uh, and, and, you know, and what have you. Um, you know, do we need to know all these other things? Or is it is it really a problem that we believe that Japan didn't invade the West Coast of the United States because uh, they thought that every every blade of grass would have a man with a rifle behind it, when that's not really what, what they ever said or ever believed, or was there ever the reason they didn't do it? It was logistically impossible. Is that if you want the Second Amendment, is that really bad? I think it's horrible. I think it's horrible. Let's look at the one with the, there's a quote, um, that supposedly was made by Japanese Admiral, and I'll probably pronounce his name wrong, is Suruko Yakamoto, who said, you cannot invade mainland America, there would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. And if you, if you search for that quote on Google, and then hit on images, you will see meme after meme after meme after meme that people have made of pictures you know, uh, citing that quote. And these get posted all over the place. And, well, is it really a problem? Yes, it's a problem. When the person on the other side of the debate goes, that never happened, and it turns out that never happened, you look foolish. So in, in, in that alone, it's a problem. But the other reason it's a problem, if we don't question and find out the truth, is that we actually base our lives on a lie. And some people get to a point where, maybe like Jose, they're comfortable with that. Okay, well, it wasn't all true. That's fine. And you know what? If you're 30 or 40 years old, when this starts to be revealed to you, a lot of times you're like, yeah, you know, I get it, because now I've lived a life, and I've been through the trials myself, and I've established something, and I'm happy with where I'm at, and what have you. But the nation's future is always its youth. Have you noticed that the people that want to control a nation's direction, if they're intelligent about what they're doing, for good or evil, they go to the teenager and the college student? Because if we can win them, they will be the decision makers of tomorrow. Well, now we live in a world where this information is coming at us left and right. All these misgivings, all these things that we were lied about, all these untruths about our own history. And if we don't start putting them out there and saying, yes, this is what really happened. This is why it really happened. This was the circumstances under the times. This was flat out wrong and we should have never done that. But it is what it is. And now we have a choice. with what, If we don't do that, you'll lose the youth. Because they'll never trust you, and if you're lying to them, should they? And this is why I don't think it's okay that people prefer comforting lies to disturbing truths. My take by Jack Spierko. And with that, I want to say, hey, Nathan, man, welcome back to the Survival Podcast, man. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back. Hey, um... We're here to talk today about uh, your company, Frontier Tactical, and a new system called the Warlock, which I dig, man. Um, but before we get into that, can we just talk about kind of what your background is and, and how you got into the position where you've uh, created a, a tactical company in the first place? Just kind of what was your path that led you here? Sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> I guess uh, as many TSP members already know, 
I was in the Army for about 10 years as an infantry soldier. I got discharged, and I really wanted to be a gunsmith. So I pursued that dream by going to Colorado School of Trades for gunsmithing, um, and then shortly thereafter became a contractor for the military. Uh, That's actually, uh, I was uh, at a small outpost in Afghanistan when I was uh, stumbling across TSP uh, through all the episodes you'd already put out. Um, and I ended up uh, falling in love with permaculture as well. Um, that's pretty much the background there. Uh, I love what permaculture can do with plants and food, um, but I rushed into my first permaculture business. Um, I was on the show before about that, and I didn't objectively analyze what I was doing and taught myself many valuable lessons about business. Uh, being idealistic is a great thing, but you should back it up with the skill and experience in that field. Very cool. So, <clears throat> so Frontier Tactical. Uh, at our heart and core, we're members of this community. Uh, we're a small group of veterans and our friends that wanted to create our own business. Uh, we realized that working at our day job sucks, and we wanted to do more for our families. So at first, we started with a few ideas that I'd already been kicking around. Uh, ended up narrowing it down to a single product focus. And the goal was to do one amazing thing and to do it like no one else. Kind of sounds like something was said by someone else, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, so after we, after we saw how fast we were moving, um, our other product ideas were stacked right behind the first one to get them developed. Um, and once we built that infrastructure, the product development and manufacture pretty much took off on its own. Cool. Now, you say we a lot. So who is Frontier Tactical? Who's it made up of? Is it, is it just Nathan or are there other folks involved? Uh, well, okay, so obviously if it's going to involve Nathan, it's also going to involve Nathan's family. Uh, so my wife has been a huge factor in this, uh, support and encouragement and getting getting my thoughts to have a sounding board. Um, I also have a longtime friend named Artie. Um, he's a Navy veteran. Uh, we're very close friends and spend a lot of time together talking and going over different ideas. Um, and then uh, I'm only one part of the frontier tactical machine i'm a decent manual machinist so i have some experience in the manufacturing industry uh so that kind of helped me to find an engineer and one of the best master machinists around uh so my other friend scott he's the manufacturing force behind our brand he has the skill experience and cnc machines to get the job done right uh he's also one of the only guys i've met that outclasses me and the stamina required to work circles around his competition he he pretty much makes me look like a sissy and that's pretty hard to do so Um, and then uh, getting the product made and tested wasn't the whole process you know so there's a lot more factors behind our business than just you know what I do Uh, I quickly found out that the other 90% of business isn't something to be overlooked you need a website and I didn't know anything about that so I scoured here locally um, and finally turned to the TSP community to find out if someone could do a website which is what I should have done first Uh, so Cedar on the forum uh, recommended PA Prepper, and he's one of the best things to happen to Frontier Tactical. Josh is absolutely the best man for the job if you need a website. He's detail-oriented and will make your site exactly what you want, and I can't recommend him enough. Yeah, he's uh, and then we also. Oh, go ahead. I just said he's, he's an awesome guy to work with. I've had him do work for me. Oh, yeah, he'll, he does exactly what you want for your website. It's none of this, uh, oh, well, here's our package starting at whatever prep. No, he listens to what you're trying to do, and he makes it happen. 
And then uh, we had Nick and Demis from the forum uh, did the graphics. Uh, he did an amazing job as well. Uh, and Mr. Bill from the forum uh, did our banner ad that's up at the TSP forum. Uh, just just actually came up last night, the night before. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a definite learning curve to starting your business, and I had to do my homework. So you know, if you don't have the skill or experience to do something at a competitive level, you need to find the person that does. And I don't care if it's your website, advertising, marketing, packaging, or any other element in your business. Okay, cool, man. So we you know we're kind of talking about the, the the startup here and the genesis, but we haven't actually told people what you guys do. And what this uh, warlock thing is. So can you tell yeah. the warlock, is this a, a thing that turns you into Harry Potter or something like that? Or is this something that actually you know pertains to the tactical world? Well, it's it's kind of a play on words. You know, I guess there's the magical component because it kind of does perform magic to some people, I guess. But uh, it's two separate words, the warlock, because it definitely is a, a tactical item. Um, and we chose it, you know, as our flagship product over all the other concepts that we were working through to figure out which one was going to be the one to make it out the door first. It was, it's definitely got the largest market and it was the fastest to move from idea to the store shelves. So the Warlock is essentially an adapter. A standard AR rifle or pistol uses a barrel nut to fix the barrel assembly to the upper receiver. So what we do is we replace that barrel nut with the Warlock kit. Now, once you've already got the initial installation made, you know, the first time you've ever put it on, uh, the barrel assembly becomes removable. So without the Warlock, each barrel assembly would have its own dedicated upper receiver. And if you wanted to switch calibers for your AR, you would have to swap out the entire upper receiver assembly with their respective barrel. Now, once you've got the Warlock installed, each barrel is adapted to fit on one upper receiver. So unlike many other firearm platforms, the AR lends itself to this versatility. Since the headspace is set between the bolt and the barrel extension, each barrel doesn't need to be hand-fit to the receiver. That's why an off-the-shelf barrel can go right on your AR with slight variances in manufacturer tolerances. So what, what I did is create an invention that optimizes that connection. From that point, I had to design the interconnection that makes it function. And that's not something you should cobble together in your woodshed, so I hired an engineer to work with me. Um, so I guess you want to go into what does it actually do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, so basically let me, let me sum up what you said so far. So what you, yeah. what you've come up with, with the warlock is a, a multi-caliber AR 15 upper adapter. Basically we can use a, a simple switch out to change barrels instead of changing an entire upper. So that is, that, that's that's the gist of it. So I can, you know, be shooting, let's say, um, two two three one minute, and maybe change out some things and ch- practice cheap with nine millimeter or something like that, or go up the. I mean, what what different caliber options does this allow? Obviously, if it's an AR fifteen, there's only so much space, so certain cartridges would be too big for the for the. The receiver, right? So what what actually is right. the versatility here? All right. So you, it allows you to use over 65 calibers out of one AR rifle or pistol. And and the, the key point is it's maintaining it as a semi-automatic platform. Uh, so you can go from 17 HMR all the way up to 50 Beowulfs. Basically, whatever off-the-shelf barrel that you can find in a caliber that you want to shoot, that's what you can swap out with. So you could, with a barrel... 
a bolt and a magazine be switching out from 556 five, NATO to 76 by 762 by 39 uh you know your AK and SKS rounds uh, then you could drop that, uh, or you could actually get like 300 uh, blackout is one of the other ones that we've got that we're testing. That's just a barrel change. You're using the same bolt, you're using the same magazine, um, so you can literally, with a quarter turn of your wrist, uh, pull your barrel off, put on your new barrel assembly, and start shooting a different caliber. Uh, some calibers require a different magazine or bolt, and some require both. Uh, but if you were going to use those calibers with an AR, you would still have to buy those anyway. Sure. You know. Sure. With the Warlock, well, you don't have to upper to go with it, right? Right, right. So with the Warlock, you don't have to purchase a dedicated upper for each caliber. And so by the second or third caliber, you've already paid for the Warlock. That doesn't even go into the other benefits or features. You know, a transport. So hold on, too. I think like so, like you might need a different bolt, but there would be certain calibers that while they might need a different bolt, those calibers would use the same bolt, right? So if it was Something built on a, a, a two two three modified right. way that would just use the same bolt and I mean I just I don't see a list of your calibers so I'm kind of grasping here because I I would I would imagine no. like, you're not going to put a thirty oh six in there just because of a cartridge length so there has to be some cartridge limitation right. basically if it goes in an AR fifteen in any way shape or form it'll work with this. Uh, that, yeah, that's correct. So, uh, like, the 300 Blackout is built off the 5.56 cartridge. Okay. Uh, so it's going to use the same bolt face, uh, same magazine as well. And But if you were to switch to something that needed a 7.62 by 39 bolt, uh, like the 6.8 uh, uh, SPC or 6.5 Grendel, things like those uh, that are based on different bolt faces, and they also have their own magazines as well. Um, but yeah, you're not going to put a 308 Winchester or 30 out six or you know, but that doesn't that doesn't mean you can't go to larger calibers. You've got sure. 458 SOCOM, 50 Beowulf. There, there's a ton out there to choose from just in the AR-15's normal platform. Yeah, I've pulled up now so I can sound more intelligent. A list of AR-15 <laughs> calibers and uh, yeah, there's some interesting that. stuff in there. 357 Auto, 35 Gremlin, uh, right. 358 Winchester Short Mag. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting there. Uh, kind of opens up a whole new bag. 30 carbine, 45 gap, 45 wind mag. It's, it gets really, really interesting when you, when you actually take a look at that list. And, you know, thinking about the difference of, I mean, I, like many people, became addicted to a little gun called the NEF H&R uh, handy rifle. Simply because yeah. you could you could flip out calibers because I like to reload I like to experiment this kind of takes that to a whole new level with a semi auto platform exactly and that that's kind of what I was thinking of uh, I actually listened to one of your shows about the handy rifle and I'm like yeah but they got to custom fit every barrel to your gun that's gonna you know take you shipping it to them and shipping it back there's got to be a better way to do that so then I started looking around and seeing how how the firearms platforms actually functioned and which one was going to lend itself to it and stumbled on, wait a minute, this AR-15 that, that I have a dozen of, you know, I'm looking through them and I'm going, this is probably the most owned firearm out there and it's the one that lends itself best to this idea. So, yeah, so we started developing that. And this is cool. Let me just read a list here to get people's heads going, right? So this is these are all the things you can put in an AR-15 without changing out the bolts. So you just have to change out a barrel here and 
and you'd be ready to roll. 17 Remington, 17223, which is a Wildcat. 20 Tactical, 20 Practical. Never heard of either of those. 20 Vartek, 204 Ruger, 221 Fireball, 222 Remington, 222 Remington Magnum, 223 Remington, which we all know what that is, 223 Remington Ackley, uh, 6x45, a 6mm TCU, 6x47, a 6mm Whisper, uh, 0.25x45, I guess that's supposed to be in the Whisper line, 6.5mm Whisper, a 7mm Whisper, a 7mm TCU, the 300 Whisper, and 338 Whisper. That's kind of cool. <laughs> really, yeah. you know. And those are the ones with no modification to the bolt. Correct. Wow. And those are the ones that are available right now. So now that we open up this market, how many people are going to be following on our uh, coattail, so to speak, to develop more for it? Absolutely. Because, it, you know, it, here's the case. A lot of times you want to go out and run your gun. And I've, I've found that, like, ammo even if it's not a shortage, like spikes in price run in these waves. Right. Like not everything goes uh -huh. at the same time, right? Um, you right. know, all of a sudden 223 is really, really expensive, and two months later it's dirt cheap again. It, it, it runs through these waves. So this kind of lets you adapt to that. Plus it's just, well, it's cool to shoot different stuff. Yeah, and you don't want to have to make multiple trips to your trunk to bring every gun case you own to the range. Then you can just throw most of it in the range bag, your barrels and magazines and bolts, and then just take your receiver assembly in your in your gun case. So how long does this take? So let's say that I'm out shooting my my AR and two two three, and I decide I want mm -hmm. to pop in a great big old honk in four fifty eight SOCOM and start blowing up some cinder blocks. How long does it take me to get from one to the other? Well, it's going to depend on if you've already got a bolt carrier set up with the right bolt. Then it's just swapping out, you know, the bolt carrier and, and changing out the barrel assembly. Um, if you if you actually have to disassemble your bolt to put in, you know, your 762 by 39 bolt or something, it'll take you know a few minutes or whatever your skill level is. Uh, but yeah, it's basically you you unlock the bolt from the barrel, uh, twist off the barrel, put the new barrel assembly on, and if it's the same bolt face, you just run the next ammo through it, the next magazine of ammo, just bring the bolt right back forward. That's that's a pretty simple thing. That's about as simple as it gets. And and uh, how how many rounds, or not rounds, how many different calibers have you guys actually tested so far uh, in your, your proof of concept work as you've brought the product to market? All right, well, so, like, I'm a man of limited means, at least sure. for now. So I've got uh, three different barrel assemblies. I've got the 5.56 that my AR came with, uh, 7.62x39, the AK and SKS, because I have tons of that ammo too, and a 300 blackout that I was uh, happy enough to go and, and, and order and, and bring in just for the test shooting, because uh, I wanted at least three so that I can proof that it's going to do what it says it's going to do. Okay. And let's say I want one of these on one of my ARs, and I kind of do. Mm -hmm. Um, what's the procedure? How do I get this? Is this a kit? Is this something where you modify my weapon for me? How, do, how does this work? No, because that's one of the things that I got a little grumpy about was seeing all the proprietary stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is simply a kit. You buy the kit, um, and then you can use whatever parts you already have or buy them off the shelf or however you want to set it up. You know, most people already have ARs laying around. Uh, so you just buy the, the kit yourself. If you're, you know, if you're comfortable assembling uh, assembling an AR from parts, uh, then you could probably do this yourself. It's not that it, it, it's really not that hard. 
Uh, especially if you've ever put a barrel onto an upper receiver, then it's pretty much the same concept. You're going to torque it down to the required torque spe- uh, settings the first time that you ever install it to the upper receiver, and then you never mess with that half of the adapter again, um, you know, unless you choose to take it back off. Um, but then each of the other half of the adapter uh, will go on your barrel assembly when you first put it together. And once they're you know assembled in that configuration, then you just use it and swap it out and interchange it as you need to. We don't assemble anything for anybody. We don't get it in anyone's way. You know, we'll show them the how-to videos and, and supply them with the installation instructions, but there's nothing proprietary to buy from us. No complete rifles, no... I've seen that, you know, all over the place. People are, you know, here, you can buy our takedown rifle, and all it does is have a barrel that comes off, but you got to buy the whole rifle. Mm-hmm. So... So, so I just want to get my head around this because this is a new thing, right? So if I'm sitting and right. I have, for instance, upstairs one of my ARs is just a stock uh, uh, S&P uh, AR-15, is as stock as it gets, you know, old school iron mm-hmm. sights on an A3, so it's got the removable handle for the back. It I've done Absolutely. nothing to it, and I want to put this on it. Other than your kit, what do I need? All right, so it depends on your skill level, like I said before. Sure. So if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you might want to take it to a gunsmith or an armorer to have it done the first time. Okay. So you're going to put, you're going to have your barrel removed from it that's already there. Uh, then there's going to be the, the stock factory barrel nut assembly that's going to come off. Uh, then you're going to replace it with our kit. So one half of our kit goes on your upper receiver. The other half goes on the barrel assembly itself. Once those are permanently installed, you know, and like I said, if you can assemble from parts, you can do it yourself in your garage, uh, and then you're good to go. And for every barrel assembly you want to swap out after that, you only need half of the kit, the barrel half. And that's going to one of those will go with each barrel, and that will, you know, make it configured to go to our adapter on the receiver side okay. uh, with every swap out. So that, that means, that just so I'm clear, that means so I, I decide I want to get a, a 458 SOCOM barrel. I buy that barrel right. from anywhere, and then I need a piece to go with that barrel from you. Correct. Okay. And so everybody's probably with bated breath here. What's the cost of the Warlock, and for the additional barrels, what's the cost of that piece? Uh, so right now we're uh, listing the Warlock at 649 on our website. Um, we obviously have discount programs, one specifically for the MSB that, you know, we can discuss. Okay. Um, and then, and then for the other, the other half of it, we're looking, uh, we have, we haven't set a price on just the barrel assembly half of the kit yet, uh, because right now we're still in the get all the kit out first before we start pricing for just the half kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we assume it's going to be right around 250, 300, but. Okay. Know, Please don't Let's do that. But it's it's definitely manageable when you start you know looking at uh, all the different options that you can start swapping out to. Uh, and we, we'll probably actually run the the, the single ha- or the separate half of the kit for just the barrel assembly uh, at a, at a much lower rate, uh, just because we're going to be doing mass bulk sales on those. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because I mean the whole reason I would do this is I, I want to shoot multiple calibers and unless I have that other piece, I, I just basically made my my AR able to have the barrel come off of it. And I can't Correct. put another one on there without that other part. So um yeah. that, that that's where it starts to get exciting. And so what's the difference then for someone, say, in going out to purchase a barrel 
cost-wise right. versus purchasing an upper? What's what's the, the cost savings there? Because personally, since I don't build ARs from the ground up, I've never right. purchased a barrel by itself. I, I've not had a need to. Well, I've seen, and you know, you if you shop around, you get better prices. But I've seen complete uppers that were outrageous in cost. That some of the uppers cost more than a complete rifle. So let's not use those as the example. Yeah. Uh, but just just from parts, you're looking at you know 150 to 200 dollars off Brownells to buy a barrel. You know, that's not a complete barrel assembly. That's just the barrel. So you got to put rail system or or forearms, uh, whatever sight post. You know, all the little things that add up a nickel and dime you. But so so basically, all the stuff that you would normally have on a complete upper receiver, you're already going to be buying as far as the barrel forward. You know, all that kit. So whether it's your muzzle device or your forearms or or whatever, you're already going to be buying that anyway to build up your your complete dedicated upper. Um, so then from the barrel back, right? So no, we're no longer talking about the barrel assembly. We're talking about the upper. Uh, depending on how you would build that back with a complete different bolt carrier or charging handle, all those things, if you were just to have a dedicated upper receiver itself, so just the receiver, uh, those are going for anywhere between 150 and 300 a piece. So every time that you're buying a dedicated upper receiver, you're going to be spending on that upper receiver just by itself, 150, 300. I've seen them higher than that. I've seen them, you know, rock bottom pricing stripped out and then you have to buy the parts kit those kinds of things so uh that's why we're trying to keep the the barrel assembly half of our kit at a low low price because there's no point in you buying our kit if you know the kit costs more than an upper receiver yeah absolutely i mean that's that's what i'm trying to get to here because you're really in the developmental stages of your market and so people that right. looking to do this, that's going to be their question. Like, so if I want to take this, let's say I've I've I've, I've bought the the kit, I've converted my my AR that's just a stock two two three, and now my barrel pops off, and now I want to put one of these other cool calibers on it. What's the cost there versus you know what, what's that cost analysis look like? In addition to the fact that. I can just pop the barrel off and, and what have you. I don't have, and maybe throw a bolt in it. I don't have to actually swap out the entire upper because every time you look at an upper, well, well what kind of handrails do you want? Uh, what ex, you know, what tactical accessories do you want, etc. That's that starts. Right. Like, that's the, the that's like the uh, what am I trying to say? It's like when you uh, when you get, you see the price for your plane ticket, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, two twenty nine round trip to Philly. That's not bad. And you go to pay, and it's like two ninety five. You're like. Uh-huh. Well, there's a fee for this, and there's a tax for that, and there's your baggage fee that we didn't just, you know, we don't charge you for a bag. We just put the fee on the ticket, and and you're like, oh, and that that stuff on an upper adds up quick. There's a lot of people that their entire right. business is selling stuff to go on uppers. Correct. So ballpark figure, the best that we've come up with, you know, based on people's preferences and the accessories out there, you know, whether you go bone stock or you're you're talking about you know all the bells and whistles on an upper so with our kit you're looking between 5 and 700 you know and that could go higher or lower depending but you know all the nickel and dime stuff added up so 5 and 700 for a complete upper i guess you know with air quotes even though you know you're using your same upper as before yeah. versus you know anywhere between 700 and 1100 ish you know, on the complete dedicated upper system because there's monorails and all kinds of stuff that you can buy. And there's going to be trade-outs and compromises. You know, anytime you're adding a capability, 
you know, what what am I losing? What am I gaining? Well, here you're gaining quite a bit, and you're really not giving up anything other than, you know, you don't have to spend as much money on it. Very cool. So once you get this kind of in place, are you thinking, like, this is something that would be just as adaptable to the AR-10 platform as the AR-15 platform? It's likely. Uh, the issue is that there is not as much standardization in the AR-10 world. Mm. So you'll find a lot, a lot of different variances and tolerances and manufacturers and proprietary stuff. So uh, we're, we're definitely looking at it. There's lots of other products that we've got lined up that are you know just kicking our butt right now with, okay, well, which one comes next? Well, which one do we put development into? And you know, but just with the Warlock market, you know, there's like nine million ARs in civilian hands, another probably ten million in military hands, and then the law enforcement side. So the the market there is probably going to beat us up before we ever get to these other. You know, it depends on how fast we ramp up, though. Yeah, I think that like one of the things, if I'm looking at this from like if I went to an advisory role for you, one of the things I'd want to do is really. Every gunsmith, gun shop owner out there that does custom work, that's that's where mm-hmm. you know, this really starts to, to take legs on. And then that sets up a whole retail channel because when, you know, Joe's Guns does the conversion for Tom, um, they can be selling him barrels. And it's since oh, yeah. it's a standard kit product, then, you know, they can say, well, what do you want? And he can, when he goes down there to pick it up, they don't have to do anything except hand him his barrel and he pays him for it. And, Gee, guess what? It's not a gun. I mean, I think that's exactly. that's one of the coolest things, right? It's not a gun. It's a barrel. It's a part. So it's like now I, I want to I want to go to thirty five Gremlin. Okay, I'm not filling out another forty forty four forty or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean that's where you're thinking at my level because uh, I, I I don't really want to mess with all the regulations and nonsense there. So that's why we picked an accessory, you know, a non gun to go into the market with something that's not going to have all kinds of headaches attached to it. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And like you were talking about like dropping down to a 17 HMR, that's, that's, yep. that's making uh, squirrels, uh, ribs come out the other side, but it's really inexpensive shooting. So and when I look at like, I never even thought of doing an AR in 17 Remington, but that's one of the, for the people that really get into it, that's one of the hottest coyote rounds out there. Um, people call a little bit undergunned, but if you compare a 17 caliber bullet on a coyote to a 30 caliber bullet on a deer, let's be honest, it's, it's really a great weapon for that particular trade. The versatility is pretty awesome from the tactical world all the way, you know, now I'm thinking toward the hunting side of things as well, because I'm sure you're aware of the old saying, beware of the man that carries one gun. And I think there is something with muscle memory and all of that. And in many states now, you can use the AR platform in sporting applications for game. You know, you might have to use a, like in Texas, we have to use, I think it's a 10-round or smaller mag. I'm not sure because I don't really hunt with my AR, but some guys do. Uh, It might be five rounds, you know. So you might have to use a shorter capacity mag to be able to legally hunt in the field for certain game. But... There is kind of that comfort zone that every time I bring this weapon to bear, it feels the same way. Exactly. Well, and then if you look at it from the military application, so you know you're got a, a special forces team out there, and they've been out at this outpost shooting, and they can't get helicopters in there for resupply. You know, they they're going black on their regular five five six ammo, uh, but then you know you've got tons of ammo just laying there in front of them that's the enemy combatants' ammo. 
So now they don't even have to, you know, consider picking up a foreign weapon that, you know, has no rifling left in the barrel from 60 years of use, you know, fighting the Russians. They can just pick up the ammo and shoot it right back at the enemy more accurately than the enemy was shooting at them in the first place. Without having to adapt to the other platform and the less reliability. That's a really good uh, idea because I think we've lost sight of the fact that that still goes on. Like, it was 150 years ago, armies marched on their enemy's supplies as they were advancing. And and people tend Mm -hmm. to think that doesn't happen anymore. But some of these forward outposts in parts of the world... What you just said is a very real thing that happens. Absolutely. You know, and then you also, you know, you always have the argument, well, if you could only have one gun, well, then I would have one gun that shoots every caliber that I could possibly get. <laughs> so, caliber commonality is right there in your hands. Yeah. Everything but shot shells so far anyway. That's, that's pretty cool. So you guys, yeah, there's a, go ahead. There's a, there's a, a, a kit that somebody else made, and I was looking it up, and it's a it's for 410 shot show, but it's a proprietary upper, and it's a pump action, and it doesn't use the semi-auto, so it's not going to work on our kit. But that's, uh, yeah. the industry's open enough that somebody will probably figure it out and go, you know, now that this warlock's out there, we yeah. might want to start doing shot show. I mean, Saiga does it with the you know, AR var- or AK variants. You know, they have shotguns in that, so it can be done. It's not anything it can't right. be done. It's just it hasn't been done. 410's a cool little round, too, that's way underestimated by people, especially if it's choked properly. Um, you guys are different in a lot of ways, though. So this is a very innovative product, but right. you're also like a permaculture enthusiast, and well, it can't be, because we all know that people with guns can't be permaculture. Oh, wait, I am. Anyway, um, so you actually have brought some of the concepts of the permaculture community to Frontier Tactical. Can you kind of talk about that? Yeah, Um like I said, I was, I fell in love with permaculture and, you know, the plants and foods and making things green and, you know, that, that actually brought me into the first business and I kind of overreacted and, and jumped right into it thinking I was going to change the world, you know, and, and was pretty idealistic about that. Um, and then I, I got smacked in the face by reality. You know, I didn't <laughs> check market or do an analysis or, and I was, definitely wasn't objective about anything. It was all rose colored glasses. Um, so I completed Jeff Lawton's online PDC through, uh, you know, your recommendation through the TSB and that that's once I completed, I started to fully understand what the intelligent design science part really meant. Not just the, you know, we're going to grow gardens and food, but the actual design science. So I stepped back, took the time to really apply the observations and thought into what I had, what, what do I have the skill and experience in? And that's firearms. So, I went back to the firearms, started to you know look at ways to solve problems and optimize those systems. Um, and since I'd already been tinkering with other invention ideas, the path was pretty much developed already by the time I created the Warlock. Um, it's you know it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know, and and so you get into it thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to change the world, and and then you're like, wait a minute, you know, there's plenty of guys out there that already have that skill and experience. Why don't I stick to what I already know? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's that's pretty much how we ended up going with the firearms and tactical industry and just applying permaculture principles and, and techniques to that, you know, making it a sustainable ethics-driven business, you know. And so in our own way, we're an example, you know, that no one else besides you and a few others that have applied it to a different business model are actually representing and demonstrating. 
Well, and I think it is universally adaptable. I mean, it's it, it's something that I think maybe a lot of the purple-breathing permaculturists, as Paul Wheaton calls them, uh, might have a hard time swallowing that pill. But I've never really been worried about how upset I make those people anyway. Um, but I mean, one of the one of the concepts of uh, permaculture is the return of surplus. So you actually, right. in your notes here, I don't know what you mean by it, but you said basically you have something that creates a plan for return of surplus. What do you mean by that? All right. So we started in the TSP community, and this whole business was created from the support, advice, guidance, and encouragement that we received as you know being members here. So going forward, we want to return what we can to our community that supported our success. Our success. And... And this is, uh, you know, as excited as I am to tell you of all my plans for that, I learned my lessons from before with the previous business and being idealistic. So under-promise and over-deliver. That's what I learned from it. So what we are promising, right, so we'll start with 15% discount on all of our products for the MSB. So if you bought a Warlock, that would make the discount worth about two years of MSB membership just right there. Um, and we're also going to provide free shipping to everyone as a way of saying thank you. So if you buy anything from us, you're getting free shipping. Um, and then, you know, going forward, there's lots of things that we want to do. But I kicked around the idea of, you know, putting out all the, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But, uh, like, I have the intent to hire veterans before, you know, considering other people for jobs. Just sure. because as long as there's a veteran out there that doesn't have a job, why, you know, they're already more qualified than just a guy off the street that can't pull up his pants and wear his hat straight. Well, and he's certainly more qualified for this business than most people off the street, even if they're decent people. It, if you what? hand a vet an AR and say, take this apart, guess what? They can do it. Exactly. Together in two minutes. You know why? You don't get out the other side of, of, uh, of basic without being able to do that. Right, and most of them already have first aid training and driver's training and all these other, sure. you know, hey, they got to show up work on time and do their job and be in the right uniform, so, hey, they're already more qualified. Yeah. So that's one of our goals. I mean, we can be but, as idealistic as we want. Understanding how to pace yourself now, you know, like it doesn't really make sense to really go on about that much until you have a job opening. Correct. That's kind of the same way with the Warlock. You know, I can say all the great things that we're going to do, but until you're holding it in your hand, we don't have anything. So let's get it first and then show everybody before we, you know, start running our mouth. Well, I, I do think that, like, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I recently did a show where we I talked about that, like, do something, but do a thing and do it really, really well right. and build a core competence of your business. And it, it, when you're already doing something that's completely revolutionary – um, I'm not going to say it's the only product that does this because I think there's other people trying to do similar things right now. Um, right. But it's a brand new concept. Two years ago, if you asked somebody, they would have said, shut up, go get an upper. Right? So yep. it's a completely new way to, to look at the AR platform. I think that's enough for any one business to, to plant their foot with and go forward with. Well, I mean, look at how many businesses are successful just using copycat models. So, I mean, if you're coming up with anything new, you're already ahead of the game. Sure, sure. It's just, it's very painful. I mean, painfully slow to develop all this stuff. Yeah, can you talk about how long this actually took? Because you were sharing this with me, prints and and, and plans and schematics, for quite a long time. And I think a lot of people in their head might think, oh, it's a great idea. So he's a machinist, so he just slapped one together yesterday. It, it doesn't work that way, does it? 
No. So, uh, <clears throat> so my engineer and I that I hired to to get it all together because I I had the idea and I, I knew how I wanted it to work, but you know that doesn't make for a working model, you know, or prototype. So he had the background, the computer programs necessary to get it all to work, and we ran the. We, we developed it and we ran computer simulations from the models and we had our first working prototype back in October. So, uh, and that's about the point that I applied the lessons from my pre- previous business. Uh, don't rush into the market even though you're sure you're ready. We took the time to go through multiple redesigns of the Warlock and each time it became smaller, lighter, more ergonomic and streamlined for more efficient manufacture. So quite a few of those prototypes gave their lives to bring the Warlock to its present configuration. And, you know, it was all painfully slow going, at least from my perspective. It's, it obviously hasn't been that long because we've been moving at super speed, you know, from October until now. Uh, but I've been doing all of this while working massive overtime at my full-time job. And I commute an hour each way. So I'm either driving or at work like 60 to 80 hours a week. And then I get home and burn the, the candle at the other end on Frontier Tactical. So it's, you know, it's basically a mirror of what you did developing TSP. And that's how I was sure it would all work out. <laughs> yeah it, it, it's 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 dedication it's hard work but i think it is good for people to know the amount of you know time that went into this and that you guys did put a lot of engineering like you said you got some expertise with that because you're putting something on well a, a firearm with some pretty high pressures yeah people don't really want to insure you unless they think that you know what you're doing so yeah, there's definitely a, a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and lots of plates are spinning all day, every day, and you know you've got to keep up on everything. So you know you've got the business side of it, but you've also got the engineering and the back and forth going on with the print redesign. And I I swear my engineered prints changed every week for like three months straight. It's <laughs> oh we're gonna do this now. Oh we're gonna do that now. We're gonna tweak this. Like okay, can we just settle on something and, and get one working prototype? <laughs> you know it obviously wasn't. Three months straight, but it, you know, when you, when you see it coming back across the engineer's email box, you're like, all right, for real. We need, we need something that works that we can test so that we can prove this idea. Computer models are great, but, you know, until something goes bang in front of your face, you're not really going to trust it. Yeah, definitely. So can you kind of explain, like, exactly where are you at right now? Like, if I want this system, I can order it, I can get it. Um, how long would it take if I ordered one today? That type of thing. All right, so uh, like I said, you know, we don't want to rush to the market. So uh, a lot of that stuff has already been the back-end work, uh, the, getting the website, testing the functionality, uh, testing the product itself, and, and actually having a working prototype. So after, I think we're on like version five of the actual working prototypes. Uh, I'm not sure because I lost track after it got ridiculous. Um, so we are, our website is live. Uh, Josh and I worked on it, you know, tweaking out all the bugs and ironing out the wrinkles. It is live for uh, the people that we tell. It's not live for the Google search engines and things like that until we make it available. Okay. Um, so we have on the website, we have the products up. Uh, as a heads up, all the photos that are right now on the site are stock photos, like from Flickr and, you know, Shutterbug or whatever it's called, and not of our products. So the photo shoot and the video shoot will be taking place in the next couple days. And right now we have the checkout closed for purchases until the attorneys and insurance details are finalized. Okay. Because you got to dot the I's and cross the T's. Uh, but everything else is ready to go. Like we have 
stuff to sell, and we are ready to ship it out. We have the all the shipping set up and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, so look for the shopping cart to open for live sales in like the next few days. Okay. Uh, and here's something. Here's something that you might like. So, and this is uh, kind of my own little uh, Easter egg, I guess. I don't know what what you would call it in the business world. That's the video game world. But um, so if you call our phone and you're calling from one of ten states that we don't ship to for obvious reasons, because I'm a moderator over at Walking to Freedom. Okay. Um, then you will get uh, this service is not available in your area. And if you try to ship to it from our shopping cart, you will uh, have a pop-up screen that pops up and says uh, that we can't ship to that area, you know, like AR-15 parts to California, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because uh, uh, so basically you can either uh, change your address, you can remove the item from your cart, or it also provides a link to go to the Walking to Freedom site where you can choose a different state. <laughs> so are you doing that just off of our list of states, or are these states you just lit- literally cannot ship to? Uh, these are uh, states that I went through and reviewed their laws as best I could because I'm not an attorney. And I got to the point where uh, we don't have enough time for me to be going through all the arbitrary legalities of each and every state that has, you know, BS about yeah. ARs. Yeah. I've, I've got a primary focus, and that is not, you know, finding out why California can or cannot have my product. And sure. I don't want a lawsuit against the state of California for importing some AR-15 part of their their country. I don't so know call your it. brother in Nevada and have it shipped to his house and go pick it up, and you're on your own. <laughs> Right, you can tell Obama that I'm creating jobs because I just created a job for someone in Nevada to have a resale, charge a premium to ship to their country, state, whatever you're calling it. Yeah. Uh, after they the laws there. So you're not you're not shipping yet. Anybody that goes to the website, it's because you know the name is Frontier Tactical. You're choosing to do that. We'll definitely announce on the blog. When you guys start taking live orders, you have an MSB discount. Of course, we'll announce that when we put that in there. That should be within a few weeks. You guys are, are live doing that. Um, but when when you do start taking orders, what's going to be like a lead time for someone that orders this product before they see it show up, you know, at their house, assuming they don't live in California? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we we've got it pretty well worked out where we've got a lead time of about 30 days from order to out the door going to their house. Um, now, if we get massacred with online orders and uh, and we'll get into the other orders, uh, but just the online retail stuff, if we get massacred with that, we have plans, like contingency plans, to ramp up extremely fast. Not just with our own production, but to farm out work to other Shops we've already contacted and already have you know disclosures with them, so the capacity is there um, as far as you know getting all of the the shipping out and not being you know oh it's going to be six to eight months before you get your warlock you know okay. that's terrible um, and then we also have made preparations with our uh, domain provider our host provider and still learning the whole uh, back end stuff on the internet. Uh, but the ones who provide our website hosting space. So if we get slammed, uh, Josh was telling me about what happened to Patrick over at MT Knives. Yeah. So launch day, you don't want your site to crash. So we made sure to to be ready for that as well, potentially. Okay, cool. Um, oh, and we're also going to be uh, exhibitors at the 2015 National Prepper and Survivalist Expo in Lakeland here in Florida. And oh, that's cool. on the 14th. 14th and 15th of this month. So, and we'll have a warlock at the booth with multiple barrels to demonstrate how it all functions. 
And there will be plenty of free stuff that we're giving away to promote our launch. So come on, come on over and say hi and see what we got and walk away with something for your, your wife and kids. And like, I know you're trying to walk walk before you run type of thing, but are you guys wanting to hear from people that are that run shops uh, that might be looking at more of a, a wholesale type arrangement or something like that for resale or uh, you know what speaks to mind is like tactical response Jamie Yeager's group that would seem like a good fit. Are you are you wanting to, to move to that right away, or are you going to stick with kind of a direct model starting out? Well, we absolutely will never turn down an opportunity, so we'll listen to every offer, and if someone wants to do something, then we'll definitely talk to them about that and, and figure something out. There's there's room for all kinds of people in this market, and you know this is kind of a a big community that likes to share and you know obviously uh i'm gonna do uh what i can to put a warlock in your hands to play with so sure uh we're we're all about you know you know the spirit of ethical cooperation here we're not this isn't going to be a mine 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 me 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 and nobody else can have it unless we say so um so and i mean it's that's kind of a whole uh you know a, a good spirit to have anyway you know you're you're out there sharing with everyone because you expect them to come back and tell you hey i tried your warlock and it doesn't work on this for this reason or whatever you know because that helps you improve so we, we kind of want to reciprocate that you know if someone wants to be a reseller or a wholesaler we're, we're definitely up for the challenge to talk to them yeah i would i would expect so and i think it's just i mean you got to look at the size of this market it's <laughs> Oh yeah, it's, I can't do it all myself. No, it's kind of a it's a great place to be uh, to be breaking yeah. down in a market the size of the, the AR market is like I said. There's there's companies whose entire business is making handrails and, and whatnot for ARs, and and they do millions of dollars in business doing that. So I think you guys are definitely right. on the right track. And it, it had to be something that like one of those things like could you just talk about like when you first came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. How different was the idea from your your belief in how much it would take to do it to the mechanical engineering reality of what it took to make it work? Okay, so uh, one of the things that I learned right away was uh, if if you'll do it, you can do it. So like anything that you don't actually focus on and and do like you know hey if i'm working on it tonight then something actually gets done if i'm not working on it tonight then two weeks goes by and nothing happened so from the moment that you have the inspiration to get this you know dream of whatever it is that like i did or that somebody else wants to do and move forward with it if you apply yourself and just start hammering out stuff every day and don't quit you know you'll look back two two months later and go oh well even though I completely didn't know how to set up a website, I found the guy that did, and two months later, I had a website. You know, and that's just one example. You could do the marketing and the packaging and all all kinds of other stuff. You know, I I didn't think I'd be ready to launch for an exposition in February until we were like, well, let's do it. Let's set the hard deadline. Let's do all the steps necessary to get us from here to there, and you know, order all the the, the company swag and you know the display booth and you know all kinds of stuff. It's just, you know, it's overwhelming if you look at it from the front end, but when you look at it from the back end after you've applied yourself and, and you've done each step, check the block. Yes, I did this. Could I do it better? Yeah, probably. How do I do it better? And actually do it, you know, actually apply yourself. That's that's how you get it done. So, like, like the manufacturing and the engineering side of it, um, that to me was a little bit more second nature because I've been doing that. Like, my job, my full day, full-time day job right now is as a manual machinist. 
you know, so like I do it every day. Um, so for an auto mechanic, it would be like, you know, turning wrenches, right? Sure. You know, oh, oh, can I do this oil change? Well, yeah, that's, you know, I could do that. Not a problem because I'm a mechanic, you know, <laughs> whereas somebody who'd never done it before, they might go, oh, I'll never learn how to do that. You know, get on the bike, fall down a few times. You'll get it figured out pretty quick because you get tired of falling down. Of course, there's also the, probably the person that expects that it's going to be a lot less work to do. Like, it's because you're a machinist, yeah. you know, you know, computer programming is another great example. People that, that don't know anything about writing code think, well, all you want to do is make the site have this one extra feature. How big a deal is that? Oh, well, let's talk about that. It's going to be a while, depending on what you want done. Is there an existing technology that does this that can kind of bolt in? That's one thing. But if you're building something from scratch, it's uh, totally different. Absolutely. And that's, you know, something that I found out, you know, talking with Josh about getting the website set up. It's like, okay, we want to do this, you know, like restrict certain states or whatever. So if someone had to write the code for that, it would, like you said, take months. But we went onto this website and found the program that was already made and it cost like 70 bucks. Okay, here's 70 bucks because I'm not going to try to jump into that learning curve and learn computer programming at that level because you need it done. So, if you don't know how to do it, you find something that already does it or find someone that knows how to do it that can do it at the level that you need, and you just pay them the money. You know, on the engineering side, I hired an engineer. You know, I'm not going to try to guess at numbers that could potentially, you know, cost someone or myself a lawsuit, obviously, but cost sure. someone, you know, their life or somebody else's. So I don't, you know, I'm not cobbling it together. You know, I'm not doing any of that nonsense. Oh, yeah, we've got this great product and uh, cross our fingers and see if it works out. No, we went through computer models and simulations and did it the right way. You know, we got <clears throat> our first prototype, um, we were a little bit, uh, what's the term I would use, uh, over anxious or over nervous. And so, like, our first prototype was built to withstand uh, anywhere between 216 and 290,000 pounds per square inch of force. Um, because going back and forth with the engineer, he w he wasn't really comfortable with my level because he hadn't talked to me and didn't really know my background. So he assumed that the chamber pressure was going to be held by our device, where you know the actual chamber pressure is held within the bolt and the the chamber mm. itself. Mm. The barrel retains all of that. Um, so he over engineered the, our prototype warlock to withstand, you know, three times the pressure of the highest caliber. Oops! Loaded handgun or rifle cartridge. Okay, it's it's well in excess of anything that a BM a 50 BMG would come up with in the chamber. You know, by like double. And and so our first prototype was a pound in weight, where the original you know barrel nut that normally comes on an AR-15 is in you know the small ounces. So we're well above and beyond what we need. But that's you know you got to start somewhere. You've got to come up with your plan of action and start to execute it. And it'll work itself out as long as you keep applying yourself. Cool, man. So again, real quick, just if people want to get this product in their hands, when, again, when, when are you guys projecting that you'll be taking live orders for it? Uh, to our best knowledge, and this is going to come back to when we have, you know, the approval and thumbs up from the attorneys and the insurance uh, company for their underwriting, We're we're looking at like a week or two. Okay, okay. So we're looking mid mid February, basically mid to the, the second half of February. Cool, man. Well, go ahead. Yeah, that's basically we're going to be at the expo in Lakeland, taking live orders there with our our point of sale. So and that's the you said the, uh, Valentine's Day. 
Yeah, right, good for you. Yeah. You're going to go do a trade show on Valentine's Day, Nathan. You you let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> Actually, it works out great because it means that the wife and I get a hotel room to ourselves away from the kids and the animals. So, You know, you're not going to have a hard time with this marketing thing. It's going to... Uh, it's going to work out for you. You're, you're pretty good at it. <laughs> Be all right. You know, it's function stacking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, man, I, I appreciate you being on the air with us today. I appreciate the discount that you're doing for the MSB on this product, and I appreciate you for developing the product because this is something that I think is going to be really well received by the market. And I, I actually think long term it may do a lot for the market because – it will it will create an entire new segment of opportunity in the market because, like you said, it's bigger than you, it's bigger than me. Uh, you're talking about a multi million dollar market with all different types of permeations in it, and you're right. right. What will people come up with uh, as far as the AR platform when all you need is a barrel and a, and a kit to make it, you know, fit back uh, from there? Uh, there's there's a tremendous opportunity in the, the sporting world, the tactical world, the hunting world. And I think it's an awesome idea, and it's, it's awesome to see somebody take an idea and actually make it into something that actually works. So, cool, man. I appreciate you being with us today. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it was definitely a, a new thing for me, and we got tons more behind this, so keep your eyes on our company. And I appreciate you having me on the show, Jack. All right, folks, and with that, this has been Jack Spears, but today along with Nathan Love, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, and we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Nobody up there cares, they're living for today.